What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Locked on Phillies podcast. My name is Dan Wilson, and on today's episode, part one of my conversation with yet another very special guest, Assistant Editorial Director of philliesnation.com, Johnny Heller. Johnny is also a Temple guy, which you know I love. I graduated last spring. He will be graduating this coming spring. Johnny does a great job covering the Phillies organization. He had an article drop over the weekend that stated that the Phillies are the team with the least amount of direction currently in the National League East. If you haven't already read it, I strongly recommend checking that out. We talked about that and a whole lot more. So I present to you part one of my conversation with Johnny Heller. Joining us on today's Locked on Phillies podcast is a fellow, well, I'm a Temple alumni. He's still in his senior year at Temple University, the assistant editorial director at philliesnation.com, Johnny Heller. Johnny, how are you doing today? Not too bad. Not too bad. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. So I wanted to bring you on here today. You had an article that dropped on the site. It was very good. Was read it the other day. Was just reading it again today some more. And it basically highlighted how based upon the Phillies competition in the NL East, they, I don't know if the word you would use is the most directionless team. They have the least amount of guidance at this current moment. You look at the Braves just won the division. The Marlins got into the playoffs for the first time since 2003. Of course, it was an expanded playoff system. They still got in. The Phillies could not do that. The Mets just got new ownership and the Nationals won the World Series two seasons ago. Meanwhile, the Phillies have the second longest playoff drought in baseball. It seems obvious, but as we sit here in the offseason 2020, moving into 2021 with big decisions looming like Romuto, Gregorius, why in your mind's eye will this team continue to be the most directionless team in the National League East? And what do you think the highest priorities this offseason are? Well, I mean, you can, I think the first thing you can look at is that uh, Matt Klintak stepped down almost two months ago, and, and there's been really uh, no changes in the front office. It's it's the same structure right now. Andy McPhail still has a say. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, I, I think that that's the biggest thing you can look at. And um, honestly, like in terms of, of what I mean by directionless is, and they've not that they've been directionless the past couple couple seasons, but you look at the moves they've made, trading for Real Muto, signing Harper and Wheeler, and, and giving up these big contracts. Those are win now moves, and then they're they're not really backing that up. They uh, they haven't been willing to spend money um, beyond a certain point, um, and it doesn't look like John Middleton's willing to do that uh, this off season, at least from what he said. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if there's like a certain move um, or a certain guy. I think is the most important right now. Um, but I just think it's, it's their overall approach. It, it's kind of become like disastrous. Like what, what, what are they doing right now? Nobody knows. N- nobody knows. And another signing today, like Charlie Morton, who signs within the division and the Phillies could certainly use help at the back end of their rotation, unless they plan on rolling Vince Velasquez out for what feels like the 20th season in a row. D- is this team, I, I want to go back to what you said about, McVale and Clintac stepping down. Do you get the sense? Cause I certainly don't that Clintac stepping down really changes a whole lot. I mean, maybe instead of having three headed press conferences with him, McVale and Middleton, now it's just a two headed press conference, but I don't get the sense that there's a ton of change. They've floated the idea of maybe bringing in a new GM or a new president that of course comes after saying that no one wants to uproot during a pandemic. The rest of the sport seems to be moving. They're kind of just sitting there idle. Like you said, how do they get out of this rut? And is the bigger priority right now 
signing Romuto or Gregorius and or Gregorius, I should say, or can they even do that until they have someone in place? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they should absolutely like put someone in place. It, it reminds me a little bit of, you know, the Sixers fired Colangelo, Brian Colangelo and then the rest of, of the guys that he he brought in with to that front office, they were, were there until really they brought in Daryl Moore. Like th- that was years. And, and I don't know if the Phillies are going to do that, but, but again, like Klentak stepping down doesn't do anything. Ned Rice is in charge. Ned Rice like was Klentak's what, assistant GM. Um, all the same guys are there. Um, you know, I, I would be surprised if, if, um, if they started making moves like soon, I, I, I know like there, there's been a, there seems to have been some movement on the, their GM president of baseball operations search, according to like Jason Stark for the athletic. And, and, and there've been a couple of reports on, on people they may be looking at, but um, um, you know, we are getting to that point of the season, like late November, early December, this is usually when we start to see some traction. Um, and I, I don't know, like, I would be shocked if I looked at on Twitter and saw that the Phillies like made any sort of signing. It just doesn't feel like they're even there yet. And you know, the Braves have made two uh, pretty, pretty nice signings. Will they even get there? Like if, if you were a betting man right now, based upon the knowledge we have opening day, 2021, assuming it happens and you know, the world we live in, which is fluid due to COVID-19, assuming opening day happens as scheduled. Will the Phillies have someone new hired in the front office, or is McVail and Middleton still the ones in charge? That's a that's a tough question. I think I think they will hire someone. I like I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, I think if they do hire someone, I think it'll be like pretty soon. Um, they do the the one thing about the Phillies. I think we've noticed the past couple of years they do operate pretty. Uh, like we don't really know what's happening ever. And then, and then stuff just kind of happens. So, um, you know, maybe they're interviewing people right now and maybe they're actually close. Um, but I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're, unless they're like waiting for Theo Epstein or, or something like that. I don't, I don't know. What, what are you, what's your, what's your take? I'm, I'm curious. Do you think they, they bring someone in? I I it, Theo Epstein almost seems too good to be true. If right, they, right, right. If they bring someone in, it almost seems like I don't think it'll be a new president. I feel like it'll be someone in a quote unquote GM role who they can kind of phase in while McPhail right. just rides into the sunset because apparently he deserves uh, a ride into the sunset, yeah. which is ridiculous in my <laughs> opinion. So I think maybe there will be someone hired there, but I kind of. Like we're sitting here, it's November 24th. It's the week of Thanksgiving. The winter meetings, which will look a little different this year, are coming up soon. Like, wouldn't you want to have someone by then? And I don't I don't get the sense that it'll happen in the next week or two. Like, I almost feel like McVale will make the decisions on Ramuto and Gregorius, and then they'll kind of just slip it in like randomly during the winter. Like, hey, we've hired a new GM, and the amount of power that guy has is kind of unclear and non-transparent like you said anyway yeah yeah i i guess i do think i do think if they hire someone like if if a month from now they haven't hired anyone i don't think they'll hire someone between then and 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 the beginning of next season um because like you said like decisions need to be made soon and and if they don't bring someone in um then it 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 won't matter but i I do think we need to like this is a pretty vital offseason right i mean you look at like Aaron Nola and Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins and Zach Wheeler, those are all the players who are in their prime. You don't know how long any of those primes are going to last. So pretty much like if they don't hire someone, 
like John Middleton, Andy McPhail, they're, they're saying, we're going to punt on this season. We're just going to kind of, you know, do it our way and wait. Like, I, I just don't get like, why wait? What, what do you gain in waiting? You don't gain anything. More of the Locked On Phillies podcast coming right up. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six new ones, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. My personal favorite, cookies and cream. I just tried it the other day. Bars are healthy. That's the best part about these things. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious guy or girl. They will help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and great for anyone on a diet. While supplies last, you will get a free cooler with your purchase. Again, while supplies last, you will get a free cooler with your online purchase. Go to www.builtbar.com. Use the promo code Locked On, so they know I sent you. You can use the promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you will get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. One last time, that's www.BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. What's up, guys? Dan Wilson here from the Locked On Phillies podcast. Number one, thank you for always listening to this podcast. But I wanted to give you a few things that are coming up on the show here this week. This is Thanksgiving week, so I'm going to release a show on Thanksgiving Eve with all of the things that I'm thankful for with this Philadelphia Phillies organization. There's a number of things to get upset about on a consistent basis. A bad front office, teams that consistently fall short of making the postseason, which has now led to the second longest playoff drought in professional baseball. But there's also a number of things to be thankful for. Things like Bryce Harper, the Phillies fanatic, and Citizens Bank Park. So on Thanksgiving Eve, I will give you my full list of things to be thankful for with this Phillies organization and a whole lot more coming up on the show this week. But now, let's return to my conversation with Johnny Heller. Yeah, no, I don't get it either. It w- I'm blanking on the guy's name. You might know it offhand. He works for the Yankees now. He had worked under McVale with the Cubs, who had kind of surfaced as... Oh, a- um, Hen- Hendry, right? Jim Hendry, I believe it is. Yeah. yeah, so he had surfaced as a potential name for the GM. I could almost... Going back to my point of how I could see this offseason playing out in terms of an offseason or in terms of hiring someone new in the front office, I don't see them hiring Theo Epstein and like handing him the ship and saying like, you do whatever you want the way that the Sixers realized they needed to with Daryl Morey, right? You made, you drew that comparison. I actually think there's a lot of parallels between the Sixers and the Phillies recently. The Sixers currently ahead of the curve right now. They right. got to that point, but in terms of all, all the way going back to scapegoating a coach for front office ineptitude, I think, Kapler was kind of run out of town and then everyone whoever didn't already realize now realizes it's a larger organizational issue I per I don't know what your thoughts on a guy like Brett Brown were but I always thought that it was a larger organizational issue they cleared out both got Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey now we're at a standpoint where it's all right Joe Girardi like established manager very similar to a Doc Rivers by the way big name who won like a decade ago he's now in place and the only sample size we have on him is a 60-game season. They did not make the playoffs and expanded playoff system. So you can't say, well, he was a difference maker. Gabe Kapler could have gotten them to 500. He had the Giants a much worse roster right there on the final day as well. I could see them hiring someone like Hendry 
after McVail makes these decisions and they're like, all right, we're grooming this guy because apparently McVail still has say in the room and he's kind of, we're going to like take him under our wing and he'll be the next GM after McVail or president after McVail leaves in a year, which in my mind's eye, isn't a real change. It would just in their mind's eye be a change. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could totally see that it is. I mean, it is anytime you think about the fact that Andy McPhail still has a say in that room. I mean, why literally why it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but ultimately too, like you think about the decisions on, on real Muto and Gregorius, those are going to be made by John Middleton. I don't, I don't think they're going to be made by anyone else, no matter who you bring in. Like those are, that's Middleton say. And I, I think that really is probably one of the biggest issues. If not the biggest issue with this team is, is the owner, um, you know, obviously the, the spending money and, and is he willing to do it? Um, can't even extend a quali- qualifying offer to Gregorius. Um, you know, uh, they, they didn't enter extension talks with Real Muto last year because they didn't want to go over the luxury tax last year. Like these are just, these are just like little things that really, really like cost them. I think. I actually wanted to make mention of that. Cause I have a direct quote from the, the article you published on Phillies Nation the other day where you say they spent massive money on Harper and Wheeler but did not dip into the luxury tax to add relievers that would have helped them reach the postseason in 2020 and right now the rhetoric from Middleton implies that decisions like these will continue to come which will only cost the team increasing an increasingly competitive division you just also said that you believe Middleton's the one making these decisions a is he qualified to make those decisions and b what kind of decisions will be made here. I personally thought they should have extended a qualifying offer to Gregorius. I don't know what your thought on that was. Yeah. Um, I, I think they probably should have, uh, again, it, it came down to the money. Um, you know, Middleton, he's the owner. So maybe he, he should have a say in, all right, this is our payroll. This is what we'll spend. But um, I think the smartest owners are the ones that hire uh, smart front office executives and, and say, all right, here's like, here's, here's what I'll spend do what you want. Um, and like, those are, it's, it's all decisions. You got to leave up to those people. Um, as far as like decisions they will make, um, I don't think if they didn't uh, extend the qualifying offer to Gregorius, he, I don't think he's back. Like, I don't, I don't think he's back regardless. Now I think he's going to get a multi-year offer. Um, and then real Muto, I don't know. Like I really had, don't know. If you had to put a bet on it right now, one way or the other at even odds, is real Muto a Philly in 2021? No. 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 Okay. Yeah. I think there's, there's more than a 50% chance that he's a Matt. I really do. But. Yeah. The, the set, there was an article from Todd Zalefki a few weeks ago in MLB.com that basically said that the only way Romuto comes to the Phillies, if he doesn't get the market he wants elsewhere, say the Mets. Right. And then he kind of comes back and the Phillies are like his settlement plan. Yeah. And he, if you're Romuto with this kind of front office and this kind of direction and this ownership making these kinds of decisions and willing to basically punt seasons in Bryce Harper's prime in Aaron Nola's prime in Reese Hoskins's prime in, we have a guy like Andrew McCutcheon coming back. Who's not getting any younger. Alec Bohm is really kind of came into his own this season. Hopefully he's good for a while, but they made moves. You're right. That suggests that 2020, 2021, the earlier part of this decade is the time to win now and if they're not willing to go over the luxury tax, forget going over the luxury tax. How about just getting a competent, like go-to reliever at all? If you're Romuto, do you even want to come back to an organization like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think really it's it's 
these decisions 90% of the time just come down to money. Um, so if the Phillies offer him the most money, maybe if, if they offer him even money um, to the Mets, maybe he's, I don't know, is he more comfortable in, in Philadelphia? I know there was a report from someone that said he didn't prefer to play in New York. Who knows? Um, but you're right. Like, it, none of it none of it makes sense. And I don't even think they need to go over the luxury tax. Um, I think they have, if they non-tender Velasquez, they have like around $60 million in room um, before really they spend what they spent this year because they spent right up to the luxury tax uh, threshold in 2020. If they were to do that again, they could put together a comp- like a, a, a playoff roster, in my opinion. Um, there are, are enough relievers out there. Um, you know, you could bring back Real Muto and, and sign, you know, a Brad Hand and a Kirby Yates and a Mark Melanson. Like you could there, – there, there seems to be um, like – the market's going to be down on all for all these guys. So, so take advantage of that. And I, I think that's something they could do. And I don't think it's something they will do. Are you surprised at all on the market for those relievers? I, there was an article, I believe from MLB trade rumors and also some other reports that the market on Yates isn't as high as you'd expect it to be. It was great two years ago, dealt with some injuries and not as great this past season, obviously a shortened year and Brad Hand, no one even put in a waiver claim for him. Yeah, I was I was surprised about Hand. Um, he was really good last year, really good for most of 2019, um, like ten million dollars. I I really really thought that the Indians would be able to actually get something of value for him. I thought they'd be able to trade him, and the fact that no one would even just take him for for all right, you got to spend ten million dollars on him. That was really surprising to me. Um, I don't I don't know. I I guess teams are just that's how teams are operating this off season. Um, it sucks, but. That's that's kind of how it's going. It is owners are crying poor, and and you know guys like Kirby Yates, who uh, maybe isn't a sure thing because he was injured for for a lot of 2020, and and is getting older. Th- those are the guys who are going to suffer. That'll do it for today's edition of Locked On Philly. Stay tuned for part two of my conversation with Johnny Heller.